I think people think of smoothies as fun drinks or drinks to maybe have if you don't have time for a meal, but they can really work hard for you, right? And in these five areas, gut health, glowing skin, healthy heart, strong muscles, and anti-inflammation. And so you can really um, load them up with ingredients that actually provide your body with a real benefit. Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. That voice you heard in the beginning is an old friend and the guest for this episode, Ms. Frances Largeman Roth. Like many of you, I sometimes struggle to achieve the optimal nutrition. I got the exercise part down cold. I'd love to work out. I'd love to move. I'd love to be active, whether it's lifting weights, riding a mountain bike, playing with my kids, whatever it is, I enjoy being active. So that part isn't hard for me. The parts that I have a challenge with, though, are with nutrition and sleep. And, and sleep is a whole other topic. I'll get to that later or in another podcast. But nutrition for me is always a challenge. I'm a sweet tooth. And I'm one of these people that I just, I can do a couple things in the kitchen. I'm somewhat okay at making a couple meals. I can make a few basic things. But at some point, I need to learn how to really cook. It's just something I never learned how to do successfully. I can make a few different things. Then my tendency is to use a crock pot and I make chili or I make a stew and use that for the entire week. And that that's goes through my food prep of where I try to prepare meals. I try to, on Sundays, I try to do a good job of preparing meals, preparing snacks for the week. I recently talked about that with Chef Maria Ibrahim on the podcast. One of the things I've been getting into lately, though, is been making smoothies. I've been reading about them in Men's Health. I'm a big, big fan of that magazine. They get a, get a lot of stuff right in there. I've been featured in there in a few different interviews. And one of the things I've been trying to do is make more smoothies to help satiate the hunger. And it's a weird balance of synchronicity. An old friend of mine reached out to me lately and said, hey, I just wrote a new book. Can I come on your podcast and talk about it? And I kid you not, I just it's probably been the last two or three months I've been making more smoothies and trying to get better at that. And when Francis reached out to me, Francis said, hey, I have a new book. It's under prevention. It's called Prevention, Healing Kitchen, Smoothies and Juices. It's all about making smoothies. Now, let me give you a little bit of background about Francis. Actually, before I do, for those of you looking for exercise solutions, like I said, exercise comes easy to me. It's what I do. If you're looking for exercise solutions, I have those solutions available down below. You can look in the show notes I have a dumbbell workout, I have a kettlebell conditioning workout, I have a functional, uh, functional training workout. I also have a couple ebooks that I produced. I have a functional core training ebook. I have an exercise program for the Fountain of Youth ebook. I have a dynamic anatomy ebook. I did a webinar with my good friend Abby Apple on training the glutes. It's called Glute Reboot. The point is I'm putting out resources on how you can use exercise to enhance your quality of life. I have that stuff down cold, but where I need help is with the nutrition. Oh, and the final thing, and I'm super excited to announce this, but I am now working with Homeroom Fit. Homeroomfit.com is a website where you can take your favorite instructors from the comfort of your own home, and on Wednesdays and Fridays, that's Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 noon Pacific, I'm now offering a 30-minute hit-at-home class where you get a great killer total body workout. I've been measuring this, and usually I average between about 12 to 14 calories a minute. So in a 30-minute workout, you can burn somewhere between three and 400-something calories by following along. Anyway, that stuff out of the way. Let me give you a little more background about Francis. I met Francis, well, 
many years ago when we were both living in Washington, D.C. Don't worry, I'm not going to get political here. I understand some people don't like that, and I get that. And trust me, with everything going on, I'm, I'm going to stay away from that. But Frances and I met when she worked as, she was the nutrition editor of a website. I forget which website it was, but she's an RD. At the time, she was an RD, and now it's called an RDN, a registered dietitian nutritionist. She went on to become, she was, was a food and nutrition editor at Health, at Health Magazine. She worked there for a number of years. And now Frances works in New York where she's a writer, she's an author, and she's also a mom of three kids. A couple of Frances' books include Feed the Belly, the Pregnant, uh, the Pregnant Mother's Healthy Eating Guide. A great resource if you are pregnant or you know someone who's about to get pregnant. It's called Feed the Belly. She has another food book out called The Carb Lover's Diet. And this is one that I've used with my family. And again, I've tried to get better about cooking. And this gave me some great ideas. It's called Eating in Color, Healthy Recipes for You and Your Entire Family. These are all great resources that Frances has produced. And now her new, her new book is about smoothies and juices. But I find that cooking to me can be somewhat challenging and that making smoothies is a great effective way to get the protein I need, the nutrients I need, the fiber I need without having to get a lot of dishes dirty and, and to be frank and to be honest about it, you hear me talk about this, even though I'm in my late 40s, I'm kind of a kid at heart. One of the things I enjoy about making smoothies is you put the fruit in there, you hit go, you see everything get ground up and chopped up. And anyway, that's kind of fun. That's, that's me being the little boy. I think a lot of us have, have that little boy in them or a lot of males have that little boy in them. I have found that making smoothies can be a great way to supplement the diet. And so I was really excited to get in this book. Now, before we get into the introduction... What I'm going to be doing is I am going to be going through Francis's book and trying out different smoothies and different bowls, as she suggests. And throughout throughout the next couple episodes, throughout the next few months of All About Fitness, I'll share with you some of my favorite recipes. On that note, let me give a big shout out to Deb. She shared with me that she's been an instructor for a long time, going on more than 30 years, and she's continuing to teach. And I really want to say thank you, Deb, for buying the book and thank you for listening to All About Fitness and for recommending it to your friends. So what I'm going to be doing as I try some of the recipes from Francis's book, I'm going to be sharing with them with you what I like about them or how I tweak them. And I really, I am going to be doing, I'm one of these guys that I get in the kitchen, I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Maybe I follow the recipe, maybe I don't. But I'm really going to give a concerted effort to put this book into practice and really try some of Francis's recipes. So with that, this is a fun conversation with an old friend. And, and really, this is one of the few people who've been on All About Fitness who've actually taken my fitness classes. And it's really a lot of fun to catch up with Francis Largeman Roth, the author of Prevention Healing Kitchen, Smoothies and Juices. Today, we're speaking with Francis Largeman Roth, author of the book, Smoothies and Juices. And not only that, Francis is a longtime friend as well as a registered dietitian nutritionist. How are you doing today, Francis? I'm great, Pete. It's so good to see you and chat with you. It is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to catch up. And, and I was thinking about this as I was getting ready. You, All the guests I've had, you, and this is the second time I've interviewed you for the podcast. The last one was when I first started the podcast. And I think we talked about your book, what is it, Eating in Color? Eating in Color, yeah. Eating in Color. And how's that book doing? Is that still out and available? It's still out and available, and I think the message is more important than ever, and especially during this time when we're all thinking about our immune systems and how we can bolster them to get through not just a regular flu season, but also a season where we're also worried about COVID-19. And see, that's, that's such an important thing, and I want to come back. I want to come back to nutrition 
and immunity. And now the other thing that, that I think what I was realizing as I was getting ready is you're one of the only guests I've had who's actually taken my exercise classes. Who's yeah. My- <laughs> so that's, that's where, that's how, that's how our fact, how far back our connection goes to the days, days of Washington, DC, but where are you located now? I am in Dobbs Ferry, which is in Westchester County, which is north of New York City. And what exactly do you do? I mean, you're a registered dietitian, but what is your main kind of day-to-day? How do you stay busy? I write, I develop recipes, and I also do spokesperson work with uh, healthy food brands. And see, I think that's such a cool, and that, that's, that's, that's why I think it's cool to catch up, because we have very parallel, I think we've had very parallel kind of career tracks, you being in nutrition and me being in fitness, and we have stayed in touch over the years. And that's why I was, I really was so stoked when you reached out to me with, with your book, Smoothies and Juices, because as I mentioned to you, I've been getting a lot, I've been getting very into smoothies. So one of the, one of the things I wanted to ask about is what are the benefits of smoothies? I mean, why, why are smoothies a good thing and how should we use them in our diet? Well, they're super quick, Pete, right? So Um, if you kind of plan it right and have your ingredients on hand and always make sure that you wash out your smoothie, your blender, as soon as you use it, you can be blending up smoothies every morning or post-workout, whatever works for you, but you really get a ton of nutritional bang for your buck. And it really just takes a few minutes. Well, and what I want to add, the main thing I want to ask about this, and I recently, for listeners, I recently had um, guests on that work with a supplement company. What role do supplements and smoothies play in nutrition? Because they don't replace, they don't replace a healthy, balanced diet, but what role should they play? They add to it, right? So you're exactly right. They should not, supplements and smoothies shouldn't replace your meals, but they can certainly provide extra nutrition that you might be needing for certain reasons, whether that's post-workout, whether that's because you want to get more fiber in your diet. Um, Americans are not eating enough fruits and vegetables. Only one in 10 American, and that could be a kid or an adult, is getting enough fruits and veggies. So um, I'm probably not even the one in 10. You know, I'm getting, I try every day, you know, I do, I try to do all the right things. But a smoothie is a really convenient way to be efficient about that because you can pack in several servings in one smoothie. And we know that those fruits and veggies help to fight disease. We know that they help to give us glowing skin. We know we, they help us, help us reduce inflammation in the body. They do so many things. Um, and then in terms of supplements, Uh, We do have some collagen smoothies in the book as well. We talk about protein powders. So there are ways to, um, I I think that smoothies are a really great vehicle for those types of things, because sometimes you might buy a product and think like cacao nibs, they're great for you, but you might not know how to use them, right? It's kind of a a head scratcher for, for most people and the way that we eat, but smoothies can really be a great way to kind of put a bunch of stuff together in a way that's still really tasty. Well, and that's one of the things that that kind of struck me is I know a lot of people are doing these boxes at home where they get fresh delivery from a farmer's market or from a food co-op. And it looks like smoothies are a great opportunity to be able to utilize the vegetables in there. Is that one way that people can utilize that, whatever they get the box for their week or that they might might have delivered to them? Is that one way that smoothies can benefit? 
Yeah, absolutely. And what's great about that, and I'm I'm currently not a member of a CSA, but I have been in the past. And sometimes people get overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that they're getting. Say they get a bunch of carrots, right? Um, and they're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do with these carrots. Well, you can definitely put them in smoothies, but also you know, we're trying to, we're all trying to waste less food. So you can freeze your ingredients so that you actually have smoothie packets. For example, take your zip top bag, put a banana in it, put some spinach in it, um, maybe some shredded carrots, whatever, whatever you have on hand, that can all be frozen so that in two weeks, when you've got a really busy morning before you're seeing a client or teaching a class, you can just take those ingredients dump them into your blender, add whatever milk or liquid that you're using, your protein powder, and blend it up. Well, I want to come back to that one to, to milk thing one second. That was one of the big questions I have for you. But I, I just want to make sure I heard that correctly because I think, Francis, that's the first time I've thought of that, and I think that's such a great idea. So you're suggesting that if I'm doing meal prep like on a Sunday, yeah. then maybe all I'm making, because I've been trying to get into cooking with a crock pot and trying to do stews mm-hmm. and chilies, and getting, you know, just having food ready for the week, you're suggesting that maybe I could take my fruit, my veggies and put them in and put them in a Ziploc bag and just freeze them. So that way I just grab and go. I can reach in there and already have like a little Ziploc baggie of whatever I want to put the smoothie ingredients in. Is that, is that, yeah. is that make sure I heard you correctly? Absolutely. That's absolutely right. So it's a great way to be ready to make your smoothie. It's a great way to cut down on food waste and just to be more organized. Um, so I just bought a brand new freezer. It's just a freezer. And I'm so excited to start making these fr- these smoothie bags because they're going to be such a time saver for me. I've got to get three kids out the door in the morning because they're actually back to school, at least oh, wow. on a hybrid schedule. And they like smoothies. So, you know, that's a great way for me to, to feed the family and, um, and make sure that they're getting the nutrients that, that they need. Excuse me. Sorry to cut in here for a second. Got to do another little plug. If you're looking for workout solutions, if you're looking for great fitness solutions, anywhere you can carry your device, anywhere you can get a Wi-Fi, you can join me on Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 noon Pacific for a hit at home, a 30-minute workout, high-intensity interval training workout, hit at home. All you need is a pair of dumbbells, and I recommend a towel and water because you're going to need it. And it's going to be a great 30-minute workout. Go to homeroomfit.com. That's homeroomfit.com. You'll see my schedule. Information is down below in the show notes. Now, another thing that I'm going to be doing, I'm still putting this together. It's going to be a six-week exercise program based on my book, Smarter Workouts. If you want to learn how to exercise, if you want to learn how to design your own exercise programs, if you want great workouts, join me. I'm still putting it together. It's going to be either two or three times a week. The sessions are going to be recorded, so if you can't join me live, I will be able to dump the recording into, into your email box so you can do it at a later time or a later date. But I'm going to be doing a six-week program based on my book, Smarter Workouts. It's going to be about 85% workout program and about 15% book club where I teach you how to design your own workout programs. I'm one of the few trainers that I want to work myself out of a client. I want to teach you what you need to know to be able to design and do your own workouts no matter where you go, whether it's at home, at the gym, or anywhere in between. To get more information about that, go to PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's PeteMcCallFitness.com. Sign up for my email list, and you'll be kept up to date on all education and sweat opportunities. Now let's get back to the interview. 
Well, I just, I wanted to clarify that because you said that and I'm sitting here, I mean, <laughs> literally, listeners can't see, we're, we're talking on video phone, but it was almost like that, duh, why didn't I think of, it was one of those, why didn't I think of that moments? Because that, that makes so much sense because right now in my freezer, I have like, I've, as I told you, I've been getting morning smoothies because I find them a great, a great little snack to have throughout the day to keep the protein levels up. And I have like different bags of frozen fruits and stuff in my freezer already. But yeah. that's just taking that next step. I love, I love that idea. Okay, so that's going to give me a next mission on my next meal prep day is to sit there and go through that. See, for yeah. listeners, this is one reason why I do the podcast. I get the information. <laughs> I get information I want. Now, I want to come back to something because you mentioned milk, and and yeah. I and I saw this in your, I saw this in the book, and this is something that that has me. You're the perfect person to ask because this has me flummoxed. When I go to the grocery store now and I see oat milk, flax milk pea milk what the ever heck I, I, what is all this i understand that there, people need non-dairy but what is like what qualifies now as a quote-unquote milk because i thought milk just was was produced from an animal so what is what's up with all these new categories if you could do you, i mean i know as a spokesperson for different brands and, and as an rdn you might have some insight to it so can you provide a little bit of, of guidance or a little bit of your thoughts on on all these new milk products that are out there Yes. Well, number one, I love dairy milk. I think it's fantastic. It is extremely balanced and kind of a brilliant, you know, natural product that has protein, calcium, vitamin D, potassium. If you can drink milk, you should drink milk because it's really, really good for you. Um, However, there are a lot of people out there who either don't like the taste of milk or can't digest it well, and so then they're looking for alternatives. And of course, soy was the first alternative. Nutritionally, it's, it's excellent, um, but some people don't like soy because either they have an allergy to that or they don't like the fact that it might be a, a GMO product, um, genetically modified. And so... Then almond milk became popular, right? But then some people have nut allergies. <laughs> so it's just this like, uh, it's like whack-a-mole, okay? Let's create another new milk that isn't giving you the same issue as the last one. So pea, pea milk um, is a good option for a lot of people because it's nut-free, it's dairy-free, it's low allergenic. However, it does have this kind of um, bean taste to it, right? Because we're talking about a pea, like a, you know, a dried pea that it's made from. So then it's sometimes blended with other milks to give it a better, better flavor. I personally love the flavor of oat milk. Um, but you know, you're not going to get a lot of protein out of oat milk or almond milk. You know, many of these people are picking up because they've seen the the advertisement on TV and they're thinking this is a great choice. Now it may taste great to you. You might like the way it blends up in your smoothie, but it's not a protein replacement for dairy milk. So that's why we put that page in the book, Pete, because we know that people are confused. Same thing with protein powders. You know, do I want whey or do I want pea protein powder or do I want something else? So, um, there are a lot of choices that consumers have to make these days. And I think what I always tell people, what I always come back to, you have to look at the nutrition facts panel 
And you also have to look at the ingredient list because you don't want to get, if you're making smoothies every day, you probably don't want to go with a sweetened almond milk or a sweetened oat milk because it has sugar added. So you don't, we're all trying to cut back on added sugar. So whatever milk you're buying, go with the unsweetened version. And, and that's where I appreciate that. And what is it, what qualifies something as a milk? Because that's, that was the main question I had. It was like, okay, I understand that you have the, the full dairy milk and goat milk, but then it wouldn't be just like flax flavored drink. I guess that doesn't sound as mark. You can't market right. flax drink as well, or you can't market pea, whatever drink. So I guess people put it, is that what that is? I mean, I, again, I'm just yeah. trying to clarify this because other people might have the same question. Some of them are calling them milks as in M-Y-L-K or um, plant beverage. I think plant, plant beverage is a smart thing to do because truly that's what it is. You know, this is not a, this is not, you know, coming, <laughs> this is not a man from um, a product from a mammal. So um, again, that's, that's my take on that. And same thing with yogurt, right? Yogurt is a wonderful thing to add to smoothies, to give it body, to give it creaminess, but if you can't do regular, you know, dairy yogurt, there are other options like almond yogurt and coconut yogurt and even some oat milk yogurts now too. So same kind of thing. Really look at that nutrition facts label, see how many grams of sugar are in these products. Um, they may or may not be a good choice. Well, and that's exactly, it's funny you said that about almond milk because we used almond milk for a while. And I realized, I'm like, wait a minute, there's almost no protein in here. Why am I even, I mean, why am I even drinking that? And I do, I enjoy milk. So I appreciate what you say. I enjoy the taste of it and I enjoy using it. But I am one of those people that probably shouldn't have as much of it. I don't know if I'm lactose intolerant, but I do know it does, uh, it doesn't help my digestion at all. Mm -hmm. I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that. So I use milk very, very sparingly. And, and what actually, what I like is that you have a lot of juice base because for years when I made a smoothie, I would kind of make it based out of milk. But recently, and I forget where I read this, is before I got your book, I started making drinks out of juices, orange juice. And mm -hmm. so what other, first of all, what qualifies a smoothie? I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about that. What, what qualifies a smoothie versus just a bunch of stuff you throw in a blender? Or are they both the same? They are the same, although many of the smoothie, many of the smoothies that you might get at a fast food place, they are going to be using concentrates. So they are not necessarily using all whole foods, right? I've seen them, I've seen these places make it, you know, they'll, they'll add a few fruits in, but then they've got this concentrate, which has sugar in it and they're adding it in. It's giving, it's, it's making sure that each smoothie that they make is consistent, right? Um, as opposed to, I'm sure you've been at high end gyms, right? And they are making real deal smoothies, which is why they're $10, per yeah. smoothie. <laughs> yeah. So um, again, if you're making your own smoothies at home, you're also saving a lot of money. So uh, to me, a smoothie is something that includes whole ingredients, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, grains. Um, I have some smoothies in here that include oats, which is fantastic because again, it gives you body and creaminess as well as the benefits of eating oats, um, fiber and resistant starch, which helps you feel full longer. So that is what I call a smoothie. And we do also have some juices in here, which are blender juices, meaning you don't need a, a separate juicer to make them. But there's a, there's a celery juice, there's some other vegetable juices in here, but you can really use whatever you like. Now for, um, 
For liquids, if you don't want to use a fruit juice, you can also use coconut water. That's a great base. Again, go with an unsweetened coconut water. It's also very hydrating and has potassium in it. So um, depending on what you want out of that smoothie, do you want it to help you rebuild muscle? Or do you want it pre-workout? Um, as something to kind of just give you an energy boost in the morning. So we really spent a lot of time uh, doing head notes. A head note is really, what is this recipe about? And what is it going to do for me? All of the recipes have a nutritional analysis, and they're also labeled either, you know, no sugar or vegan or, you know, kind of what is that, what's that quick benefit that I can get from this particular recipe? Well, I really like the way you have this organized, Francis. And I'm not I'm not just saying that because you know we're on the show, but I really, as I was looking through that, I was like going, wow, you kind of really made this easy to follow and, and easy to kind of take the, those steps through. But what's funny is I kind of, as I've been getting more into smoothies and making them myself the last, you know, probably been about two or three months, it's I keep reminding, do you remember the the Will Smith movie, movie Enemy of the State? Yes. Came out, there's a scene in there where he talks about uh, his smoothie. He has a blender and he talked, do you know what scene I'm talking about? Cause he, no, talks, I should go back and watch it. <laughs> well, there's a scene in there, but there's a scene in there where he talks about how that's how he de-stresses in the movie. Will Smith plays an attorney and he, you know, in Washington DC and he comes in and his smoothie is like his, his stress management. He's like, I juice or something. He, and at one point he's, he has to get out of his house. And the one thing he grabs is his blender. I so, remember that. Yes. Okay. I remember so that, that. Yeah. But but it's funny because as I've been doing this, I have to say that I find it, and, and this is a little surprising to me that, that I realized this, and that's what made me remember the scene, but I find when I put fruit in there and I press the button and watch it get ground up, there's something sort of satisfying in that. Do you ever, do you ever get that sense? Is there sort of a stress management? And I'm not just talking about the ingredients that, that we eat, but is the process, how, how does the process of making a smoothie how can that kind of help bring some sort of like calm or balance to the day? I love that point. I think that that's a really great point to make. I think what's cool about that is that you see these different ingredients become one, right? Spinach, banana, strawberries. You could eat all those things and, and it would be wonderful, but it would take you a much longer time to eat all of those things. So it's kind of the, the unity of the smoothie. Um, I think it is very satisfying to see it all come together and then know, wow, I've really packed a lot of healthy ingredients into this thing that I can now take with me. You know, it's a great on the go meal to have or snack to have, um, or as you said, sip throughout the day and make sure that you're getting your protein. Well, and that's one of the things that's funny. I mentioned to you that I'm starting to use a crock pot more. And that is as somebody, and I'll say this, you know, I, I would never consider myself a cook by any stretch of the imagination. I have like three or four meals I can make on a regular basis that are somewhat decent. The kids may, or, you know, I'm trying to get to that point of being that good. I'm being that dad that can make those killer pancakes. So I'm yeah. still working. I'm still working on my pancake recipe, but there is something that I like about using a crock pot or being able to make a smoothie because it is somewhat easy to do. How much effort, I mean, does somebody have to be skilled in the kitchen in order to be able to make an effective smoothie that could add to their, add to their overall diet? Absolutely not. No cooking skill is required at all. Um, so it's great for any level of, of cook. Even if you don't have any pots or pans, if you have a blender, you can make smoothies 
either a traditional size smoothie or, you know, the personal ones like the bullets, um, which are great for on the go because basically you blend it in the same container that you're going to drink it out of. So, um, really there is no skill involved at all. And I would say the biggest thing, and this is what actually put me off smoothies for a while was that if you don't rinse your blender out immediately, it will cake to it. And so all you have to do though, is once you've poured out your smoothie into your glass or a few glasses, get two drops of dish detergent, liquid dish detergent, put hot water in there, put it back on the base, obviously with the lid. And most of them have a cleaning setting Mm. and it runs for about a minute and virtually takes everything off. And then it's ready to go for the next time. Well, it's funny you say that. I mean, I think before we met, I worked in Georgetown as a bartender and bar back. So I, I have that habit of as soon as I'm done with a blender cup, I rinse it. I mean, that's just from being a bartender for a couple of years of as soon as I'm done with the blender cup, it goes under the sink and I rinse it out because that's just what I was used to. But I can see how being a mother or being, you know, being somebody at home and you go, go from one thing to the next, yeah. that if you, leave a, if you leave a blender cup sitting for a while, but I really like that suggestion, Francis, because I see them in the store and my problem with making smoothies, I've been trying to get better at. And that's one reason why I'm so excited to have your book now is getting my, my proportions right and getting my sizes right. Cause I tend to add a little bit too much. Maybe I make smoothies when I'm hungry. And so I end up with, I end up with a little bit too much. Yeah. But the idea of, of getting a, a personal size blender, getting one of those bullets. I hadn't, again, just like making those individual packets and putting them in the freezer you know, rather than having a 32 ounce or whatever I have, a, a two liter, a, a two liter blender cup, I can invest in, in one of those. Is that, is that one of the benefits of having the smaller personal blenders? Is it yeah. more scalable for what, what a daily need is? Exactly. Exactly. The other thing that you can do with those, which I think is really cool is you can actually load them up the night before and mm. put them in the fridge. And then when you wake up at some insane hour, like five in the morning, you know, before your run or whatever it is that you're doing, you can just grab that and then add your liquid to it. So it's already loaded with the fruits, the veggies, the peanut butter, whatever you're putting in it. Just add the liquid, blend it, you're done. See, I love this. I mean, there's a lot of practical ideas. And now, I mean, you get this a lot because you now, how old are your kids now? They are six, nine, and 11. And see, I didn't even ask that as we're getting, as we're getting chatting in the beginning. Wow. So that is, that is a handful, but they're all, at least they're all in school right now. Well, theoretically, theoretically, (laughs) put put, put 2020 aside, but theoretically in school. So as somebody who now has to make, make meals for that, do your kids like smoothies? What role you mentioned this a little bit, you've referenced your kids for those busy parents out there. What role can a smoothie play in helping get good nutrition into the kids? Ah, okay. I'm glad you asked this question. I am not one to hide veggies. I I don't believe in it. I think it's a bad road to go down because maybe, maybe you've been hiding sweet potatoes or spinach or something in, I don't know, pancakes for years. When your kid finds out you've been hiding stuff from them, they're not going to be thrilled about it. Okay. And um, I just don't think it's the right message to send. You know, I think we should be educating kids about where fruits and vegetables and other foods come from. So a smoothie, I wouldn't use it to hide things, but I would use it to make things more palatable because the truth is that we're all born with taste buds for sweetness. 
We all love sweetness. It's just a natural thing. It's just, it's part of how we're programmed. But the bitterness, the bitter notes that you might enjoy in an IPA or a cup of coffee or Brussels sprouts, um, that is, we're not born with that. That's developed Mm -hmm. over time. Just like, I mean, I didn't start drinking coffee until I was a college student. I probably didn't enjoy an IPA until I was maybe 26 years old. That takes time to develop. So a lot of vegetables do have bitter notes. This is why many kids don't like vegetables, right? But when you blend spinach with a banana or celery with a banana or you know anything with a, uh, a sweeter fruit, it's going to make, sorry, um, it's going to make uh, that entire drink a whole lot more flavorful. And so in that way, I think they're a great tool for kids, especially kids who don't love vegetables. Um, Out of my three, I have two pretty picky kids and only one of them is really, really gravitates to veggies. So of course, I'm going to be looking for ways that are fun to get them to eat more vegetables. And see, I like that because that's, and that's what we try to do is we try to at least, we try to talk about the benefits of fruits and vegetables. And it's funny, our, our kids are two different. One, one is a really sweet tooth and the other one really doesn't like sweet food much at all. I don't know. I actually, sometimes I look at her, <laughs> but it's funny because you, we try to find those things that balance. And the one thing that Monica has found is, is that, that making juices and making smoothies is a way to at least try to get some better nutrients in, into the kids. And on that note, one of the questions I had, one of the questions I wrote down is you mentioned fiber. Like and you, you talk about making, you talk about making a smoothie with celery and you have recipes in here with celery, with kale, with spinach. And my, and this is my perception is my perception is that eating fiber, we need to eat it whole in order to really get the benefit. Like I need to be eating leafy spinach or, or leafy kale, even though I, I might not. And trust me, my flavor buds, I now enjoy Brussels sprouts. I enjoy mm-hmm. asparagus. I enjoy that. But still, sometimes I find it, it's still tough to sometimes eat and digest just because it, it is a lot of, of volume. The question I want to ask is do smoothies, when you do a, a juice or a smoothie with these ingredients like spinach or, or, or celery that are high in fiber, are you still getting those fiber benefits, even though they've been, been pulverized into a, into, a, into a juice or into liquid? Yes. And that is what I love about smoothies versus juices, because when you use a juicing machine, Um, either at home or you buy one at a store, those are taking out the fruit pulp, um, which includes the fiber and leaving you just with the juice, which is high in nutrients, right? But you don't get any of the fiber. When you make a smoothie, everything stays in. It's all in there. So you're right. It's pulverized. It's all chopped up, but it's still in there. And so if, if I'm adding pear to one of these smoothies, I'm still getting all the benefits of the skin of the pear, um, you know, the flesh of the pear, same thing with, with kale, with cucumber. Um, so that's why I love it because for many people, they just don't love salads. They don't love sitting down. It takes too much time. <laughs> all that chewing, well, Pete, takes all that well, time, you know? But in all honesty, that just... It is as much as I love like vegetables. And there are some days when I love making a big bowl of vegetables or a big, what I'll do is I'll take a stew or a chili and put it on top of a spinach or a kale salad and kind of mix mm-hmm. it up. But it does the digest part of it. It does. And it does kind of leave you feeling full for a while feeling. I mean, which is on one hand is a good thing, 
But if you are going to be going out doing other things, they can kind of tend to tend to get in the way. So I really, that was one of the questions I had was like, am I still getting the same fiber benefits? Because yeah. one of the things that I, that I saw, and you can talk about this is you mentioned throwing kiwi fruit straight into, straight into a blender. Is that possible to throw fruits like kiwi that have a thicker skin? Like which would you, what fruits or which ingredients would you recommend that with, or which would you recommend avoiding? Well, this goes back to the the food waste, right? The topic of food waste. And I, you know, over the past couple of years, I've been doing more stories on that. And it's true. You can take a kiwi as long as you rinse it. I would, you know, always anything that you're putting into a smoothie, unless it says on the container that it's pre-washed spinach. If it's pre-washed, do not rewash it because you might then introduce contaminants um, into Mm. the product. But um, any kind of fresh fruit or vegetable that's whole, you definitely want to wash that. But once you do, always I put my apples in with skin, always pears. Um, Sometimes I even put in not necessarily all of an orange peel, but I might put in zest, zest from the orange. So I have one of those, you know, little zesters and the zest is just the colorful part. You don't want to get into the white pith because that can be bitter, but certainly for kiwis, especially the golden fleshed kiwis, they have thinner skin. You can absolutely throw the whole thing in. Well, and that, that brings me to that next question. I had it written down here and that's what are the essential tools? Cause as I was looking through this, you know, here I am and, I, and I'm a guy, you know, I'm living on my own now. And I think blender, fruit blender, maybe a knife, maybe a cutting board. And, but I really was, I liked, I liked the essential tools that you laid out here for a smoothie. So what do you recommend if somebody wants to be more thoughtful or more mindful about preparing their smoothies? What, what are some of the essential tools that they should add to their kitchen? Yeah, you really don't need a lot, but you're right. A knife, a cutting board. I always like to have two cutting boards because maybe one's in the dishwasher, you know, and then you can use the other one. Um, a set of liquid measuring cups for, for the liquids. And then a set of dry measuring cups and measuring spoons for all of the other ingredients, the the peanut butter, the, you know, the oats, um, vanilla, we have vanilla in some of the smoothies. So you definitely need those measuring spoons. And again, you know, I... I am not a stickler about, oh, well, don't, you know, don't overpour this because it's going to be too high in calories because I do think that, you know, intuitively um, we kind of, if we listen to our bodies, we kind of know when to stop. However, if you're, if you're dealing with an ingredient like almond butter or peanut butter or honey, you know, something that it's really delicious, but too much of it is too much, you know, um, you want to get your two tablespoons of your, of your peanut butter and maybe not more because that's going to be overdoing it on the calorie front. That's when those measuring tools really do come into play. And, um, and I would say a, a citrus zester and maybe an apple core. I mean, really, we're not talking about a ton of stuff. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I like. And as, as I was reading to this, I'm like, okay, I got to go to, uh, was it Bed Bath & Beyond and make a list? Cause also go get a, get a bullet. Because I think for listeners, what I want to do is try to, especially going into, we're recording this in early October 2020, going into the going into the holiday season here and going in what I call the calorie-laden time of year, this is going to become essentially important for me because I'm one of these people, Francis, that I try to be mindful about what I eat. But if I go somewhere and they have like Halloween candy out or if they have other goodies out, 
it's you start having one and the next thing you know, you've eaten half the bowl. Can smoothies help people satiate? Is, is that one of the benefits of using a smoothie? Can it help people kind of satiate their hunger? So if they're on the go, if they're going to be going from activity to activity with kids or with family or doing various things, is that one of the benefits about being able to make smoothies on the go? Absolutely. Especially for those people who generally skip breakfast and there are a lot of them out there, right? You know, they might have their coffee in the morning, um, but then they they basically are fasting until lunch. But what might happen is if they show up at that Halloween party or, you know, an, an office, well, I think this is happening less and less, right? People aren't putting <laughs> food out for people to take. I, I'm thinking about the before times, right? I'm, I'm still in that before times mentality, but you're probably right. You probably, now that you say that, people probably won't have as much food out just because of, of, of the environment we're in right now. Yeah. But still, you know, I mean, I know for myself when it's holiday time, I'm baking, I'm the one baking and having the stuff around, which is great. I love it. But absolutely, if it's out on the counter, you know, you're more likely to, to eat it, which is why you always want to be eating foods that are satisfying to you and also eating at regular times, right? Not, not skipping meals, not trying to, uh, oh, I'm just, my husband likes to say, I'm just going to ride it out. You know, like he had barbecue last night, so then he's going to ride it out till lunchtime. Well, I don't, that's not really the best way to eat in my opinion, because um, especially, you know, if you, if you do have a pretty, fast metabolism, um, you want to keep feeding that flame. And if you have a sluggish metabolism, you want to get it to pick up. And one way to do that is to eat regular meals. But there are recipes in here. There's a binge buster smoothie. There are some specific recipes that um, really are, they're high in fiber, but also they have a flavor profile that really does help you to feel satisfied. Well, that's what, two things. One, you I noticed you had a wide variety of flavor profiles. I tend to be a little more sweet, so I think I'd gravitate more towards that. But I did notice you have a lot of savory stuff in there as well. Mm-hmm. And the other thing are bowls. What are yeah. what is? Describe a couple of your bowls because I thought I've seen people like out here in in Southern California, uh, the acai. I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but the acai yeah. bowls are very popular at certain places. And what are the? And that, it's one thing I've never thought of doing myself, but I can see the benefit of that. So talk a little bit about what a bowl is and what, what constitutes and what makes a good bowl as a, as a supplement? Yeah, great, great question. So um, some people don't like the idea of a smoothie because they don't like the idea of drinking their calories. They would prefer to eat something with a spoon or with a fork. They find that more satisfying to them. So we do have bowls throughout the book. And I really love this one because, again, it is a savory one, the Herbal Healer Smoothie Bowl. I don't know if you saw that one. But this is one of the savory ones, and you make the base. The smoothie base has buttermilk in it and fresh mint and cilantro and lemon juice and turmeric, scallions and avocado, all these delicious ingredients. So that would you'd make that smoothie, you'd pour it into your bowl, and then you're topping it with more slices of cucumber, um, some feta cheese on top, more of the fresh herbs on top. So it almost becomes like a liquid salad. And... It's really, it's beautiful and it's also really delicious. Well, that's what I saw. And it was like one of those things, again, as I'm looking through this, just like your suggestion earlier of the, of the pre-cooked, of the pre, of the prep bags, I like coming back to that because I'm like going, okay, that's, that's such a smart idea. But I look at this and go, okay, I hadn't thought about making bowls and I'm definitely going to do that. 
Now, I want to ask you about protein powders before we go into this specific category. So I want to respect your, your time here and want to I keep you keep you keep us on schedule. Now, what are some of your suggestions for protein powders? Because I know some people may may like certain protein powders, their body may agree with certain protein powders. But what are some of the protein powders that you suggest or that people should consider? Yeah, I like whey protein powder. Um, it's it's very easily utilized by the body. Um, but again, not everybody wants an animal product, and that is a product of making uh, of processing dairy. Okay, but it is high in protein. I'm just trying to get to the page that has all the different protein powders in it. Um, Again, the pea protein powder, for some people, they don't love the flavor of it. It's a little beany flavored, but now they're doing these, um, now that so many people are interested in, in eating plant-based, they're doing all these blends. So it might be a blend of pea protein and brown rice protein and a few others to make it more palatable. Um, I do really like the one from Ollie. Ollie does a plant-based um protein powder. And again, just remember more isn't necessarily better because your body can only absorb about 30 grams of protein in one meal. Well, I'm going to pause on that real quick because I just, when I was interviewing with a supplement company, the, I, I interviewed a uh, RDN named Jess Cording. I don't know if you've, you've really oh, yeah. it. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, Jess and I just made a big point about about not overeating the protein. So I just want to, I want to call that out for listeners. So here we go. You know, it's not that I, I definitely don't think you and Jess compared notes. So here's our second uh, registered dietitian suggesting that we need to limit the amount of protein or we don't need to overindulge protein. Is that correct? Yeah. Because eating too much protein could actually be harmful or your body just doesn't absorb it. Am I correct in that? Right. It's, it's just kind of a waste. And I love Jess. She's another um, New York RD and, and we chat all the time. Um, I can't find the page with the, with the uh, protein powders. Maybe if you tell me what page it's on, I can find it. But yes, it's just a waste. You know, it's kind of like eating a, a 60 ounce steak. It might be really delicious, but your body's only going to use 30 grams of that at one time. Now, one another thing to note about protein is that the faster that you consume it post-workout, the more likely you are to get the benefit, the muscle growth and the muscle repair. So we're talking, you know, between like 15 minutes is ideal. 30 minutes is pretty good up to an hour. That's your window. You've got about a, an hour window after your workout. So, um, you know, and a lot of people don't, um, I would say the people who are really tuned into fitness like you, they know that, right? That's why that you, you might see people carrying their smoothies and their food in the gym. But um, I would say the average person, especially somebody who's interested in weight loss, they might not eat after their workout. And they might think, um, geez, well, I just burned off 400 calories. Why do I want to eat something right now? And then they might not actually see the benefits of all that hard work that they're putting in at the gym or on the track. So that's that's a message that I always try to get across is you've got to fuel the body afterwards or else you're not going to see those results. And one of the things I love, I love the way you said that, because one of the things I learned from a colleague of mine, a guy named Fabio Kamana, who's been on here a few times, he's a, he's a professor at San Diego state and he teaches both nutrition and exercise science. And he talks about, and this is what I've read is that post-exercise, we need carbohydrate and protein because the carbohydrate will elevate something called insulin like growth factor. And those growth factors help repair muscle fibers quicker. And the protein obviously will, will help promote growth hormone 
and help promote testosterone. So that's really where, where I come in. And that's, that's when I usually try to do my smoothies is, and just let you know, I'll fast, I'll, I'll do some, I, I do some intermittent fasting about five or six days a week, and then have one or two days of regular, of regular eating. Just, I find it works for my schedule, especially in the regular times when I'm doing a lot of workshops and on my feet for hours at a time. It just, I've trained my body how to go hours without needing to eat just because sometimes it's not, it's not practical. Or if I'm lecturing all day, the last thing I want to do is go eat a meal halfway through a, a six, seven hour lecture, eat something. And then the last two or three hours, I'm feeling just like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be in front of an audience anymore. Um, but what I want to get into is I love the way, what I really love about this is you have it organized into five categories. You mm-hmm. have gut health. Yeah, well, let's, let me ask you about this. How can smoothies promote gut health? Because that's one of the categories that you have. And, you know, how many, I mean, do you know how many offhand, how many different uh, recipes you have for gut health or am I throwing a, throwing a curveball? No, you? no, no. I think they're about 20. I think they're about 20 in each chapter. Okay. So that's why the book has about a hundred plus recipes in the book. Um, so for gut health, which we're finding is like, that is it. That is the key. If you have a healthy gut, then probably the rest of you is going to be healthy as well. It is really where it all starts. And so if that is out of balance, other things are going to be out of balance too, like your skin, possibly your mental health. I mean, it's really fascinating what we're learning about the gut. Um, And it's also your first line of defense, right? So again, this is super important right now. It's not just about probiotics. Probiotics are the good bugs in our digestive system. We want to foster those. That's why we want to get foods with probiotics in them, whether it's something fermented like um, fermented dairy, like kefir or yogurt, or fermented vegetables like uh, kimchi, sauerkraut, things like that. I I love it all. Um, But you also need to feed the bugs. And so those are prebiotics. So you need to be taking in prebiotics to help those probiotics grow. And so prebiotics are generally found in fibrous foods. And there's a whole section on, you know, what exactly those foods are. And so what we've done is we've combined prebiotics and probiotics into these smoothies. And that's why they provide a specific um, gut benefit. And that's, I love that because that was one of the questions I was going to ask about the benefit of probiotics and that it really is, you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. The more we learn about the gut and the microbiome, the more it is, the more we realize that it really plays a critical role. Now, the next quick, quick category you have, and I just want to say this for listeners, you, you can't see Francis. Mm-hmm. I've known Francis a long time since so we've known each other since the early 2000s, and you have always had radiant skin. And, and I just want to, you know, I, I say that as a, as a friend and, and what I consider a colleague, you've always just had, you, you've always just the way you presented yourself. And what role does nutrition play in promoting skin health and helping us have an optimal skin? Because that's one of the chapters you have is glowing skin. And, and that's exactly what I thought of when, when I was reading through this. I'm like, yeah, Francis always really mm-hmm. just, you know, always has that glowing appearance about her. Thank you, P. I really appreciate that. And I think, a lot of it is hydration, for sure. We know that you know water is beneficial in so many ways, but guess what also has water? Fruits and vegetables. So you know when we, if you're eating a, a balanced, healthy diet, about fifty percent of the water that you take in should be from produce. And so what we've highlighted in the glowing skin chapter are the foods that can actually 
improve the look of the skin. So foods rich in beta carotene. So we're talking about all those orange foods, apricots, mango, um, butternut squash, pumpkin, they all give a boost to the skin. Um, certainly healthy fats, your chia seeds and um, flax seeds and hemp seeds, they also are fantastic for plumping the skin. And then collagen, which I recently, I'd say in the last two years, started using daily in my coffee, um, that becomes important as we age because the body, like with so many other things, it's in there, it's in your coffee, um, becomes less efficient at making it. And, yeah. you know, well, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask about proteins to go back to protein powder real quick was what is, you know, because as Francis said that just for listeners, I held up my coffee because I'll put a scoop of collagen protein in my coffee as well in the mornings. Again, I heard that from somebody much smarter than me, but what, what, why are we seeing now this whole new category? Because when you look at protein, you have whey, you have soy, you now have pea protein, as you mentioned, but collagen pro protein is something that I first saw introduced in a health store. And now it's almost ubiquitous. I think I've seen it in, in Target, <laughs> in the big box yeah. store. So what is, what's, what's the benefit of taking a collagen protein? So collagen is really, you know, providing the amino acids um, and, and it is animal based, right? Let's just call it what it is. It's made from animal hides. And um, if it's a, a seafood one, it's made from the fish bones and things like that. There are some vegan um, ones out there that are made from algae and they're also good. Um, they're also good. I don't know if they if they provide quite the same um, benefit as the ones that are animal derived, but um, we just stop making as much collagen as we get older. That affects the skin, that affects the joints, you know, those aching knees, um, all of that stuff, which of course, you know, we're start, you start to feel that more and more over 40 and collagen really helps to boost the body's own production. Taking collagen helps to boost the body's own production of collagen. So it's kind of a win-win. We're using what we take in. It also boosts production in our own bodies. So that's why to me, it's kind of an essential after 40 ingredient and a smoothie is a great way to use it. Well, and that ties right into the exercise programs that, that I recommend for people in our, in our demographic, yeah. the over 40 demographic. One is doing muscle lengthening exercises where you're moving through and you're lengthening muscle as opposed to shortening it. Because when you contract a muscle against resistance, Francis, you make the muscle fiber stronger. But when you lengthen under resistance and we do like plyometrics, you're in reality making, you're making the fascia stronger and collagen is the primary component of fascia and the connective tissues. So if you're doing the more dynamic exercises like dance, like martial arts, like explosive training, you're actually generating more fibroblasts, which are going to lead into developing more collagen in your tissues. And so that's where, that's why, I've, that's why personally I've started supplementing collagen in with my diet is because I know with the type of training I do that collagen can promote that. And then the other thing on healthy skin is that explosive training, like the types we used to do in the workouts that I taught and still teach, um, but the types of explosive training really helps promote growth hormone. And growth hormone, my understanding, is a component of healthy skin. So real quick, I mean, so real quick segue, how are you, what are you doing for, for fitness? Other, other than trying to keep up with three elementary school kids, what are you doing with your fitness programs these days? 
Well, I was doing, I think the last time we talked, I told you about this boot camp that I was doing in Prospect Park, which I loved because it got me, you know, moving through the woods and using park benches for um, push-ups and stuff like that. Um, that became online only, you know, back in, in March. So I, yeah, yeah, when everything shut down. So I still am doing that because um, I, I still enjoy the workouts and I can do them in the comfort of my home. And I have not gone back to a traditional gym. I just don't feel like it's a smart choice for me yet to do that. And then running on, um, and it's quite hilly here. So I'm still kind of working out my route and trying to get a, a, a route where I feel um, like I'm not kind of maxing myself out on the hills too much, but still getting them in there. And, um, and that, that's, that's it for now, but I've got to start taking your hit classes. Well, and that's, and that's, I'm going to give a little plug here and then we'll get, we'll finish up with these extra because this leads right into the final categories, but I am doing through for listeners. I'm now doing hit classes on homeroomfit.com. So on Mondays or sorry, I keep saying Mondays, but Wednesdays and Fridays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 o'clock Eastern. So three o'clock, that's probably right when your kids are getting home. But the cool thing about homeroom fit, Francis, is a friend of mine started it, which is why I'm helping her promote it. But it, she has gotten a lot of us national level instructors, the people that go around training the trainers, she has gotten us on onto the format. So we are all teaching classes. Those of us that, that might work for national brands that people recognize, like Zumba or, or like Schwinn, mm-hmm. are now teaching on homeroom fit. So you can get a great workout from your living room, which gets me right into the two categories of healthy heart and strong muscles. How can smoothies what do smoothies do to promote a healthy heart? Because I know even as we're as we stay fit as we get older, that cardiovascular health is so important. So, what roles do smoothies play in promoting heart health and helping develop strong muscles? Yes, absolutely. So, heart health. Um, I mean, it's it's essential for all of us to pay attention to this. Heart disease is still the number one killer in the US of both men and women, but there are a lot of nutrients that really help to boost heart health, including potassium um, and magnesium. And potassium, most of us do a pretty good job of getting enough of that throughout the day. Um, But magnesium, many of us are falling short. And so the recipes in the heart health chapter really help to make sure that you're getting enough of that. Also, those recipes are very, um, they're very low in any kind of, you know, added sugar. Many of them, I shouldn't say many, there's a handful that include beets and beets are particularly heart healthy because the nitrates, the naturally occurring nitrates in beets are a vasodilator. So they help to open those blood vessels and, and help your blood move around the body more freely. That's cool. And I, see, I love learning that stuff. I know I've seen beats becoming, and it's funny, who knew that Dwight Schrute would be leading a, a revolution in, uh, in diet because I now see beets on more and more menus and beet juice is now recommended as a, as a recovery drink. Yeah. And, it all, and, and before, before the office, before Dwight Schrute and his beet farm on the office, we never, we didn't pay much attention to that. And then what role you mentioned already talking about the, the, the after workout uh, recovery smoothie. Then the final category you have is anti-inflammation. Mm-hmm. What, what, how can nutrition help fight the inflammation that might, many people might deal with in their bodies? Well, you know, just like the microbiome is so important and the and gut health really relates to all, you know, health uh, throughout the body, same thing with inflammation. Inflammation is really the root cause of 
most of the diseases that we suffer from as a nation, you know, cancer, diabetes, um, heart disease. So, you know, the kind of inflammation that you might experience if you drop something on your foot, that's good inflammation. That's the body responding. You know, the acute inflammation is good. It's the persistent inflammation that goes on for months and years in the body is not good. And that's what we really want to be fighting. And that's another reason why we should all be cutting down on added sugars because um, added sugars promote um, inflammation in the body. So really antioxidants, phytochemicals, those things in fruits and vegetables that I talked about in eating and color, the things that make fruits and veggies so vibrant and colorful also help to fight inflammation. So yeah, pomegranates. Well, and one thing that, because the one thing that we've seen, and then we'll start wrapping it up here, but the one thing that that we've seen in this early response in the last six, seven months of a pandemic are the people that that are healthier, that are fitter, that exercise regularly, even if they do catch COVID or coronavirus, yes, they're affected, but it's not fatal to them. And that's been the one thing that I think that hopefully this whole pandemic gets people to realize that they have a role they can play in managing their health and in being preventative health. Is that, is that the one thing that you've, I mean, you've been in New York, so you've been in the middle of it. Is that the one thing, is that the one message that you think is getting out there because of what we've been going through? I think that people are absolutely thinking about their health a lot more. And, um, you know, again, you're right. It's not, it's not going to prevent you from getting COVID, but hopefully your body would be better able to fight it off. If you're somebody who's taken taking care of themselves. Um, and I've been following some new research that shows that gut health may play a role in who gets COVID. Hmm. So it's kind of like, um, think of your body as like having a shield around it, right? You want that shield to be intact. You don't want any chinks in the armor, right? No holes. And the more we take care of the gut health, bring the inflammation down, get the nutrients that we need and obviously take care of our bodies with exercise as well. The more we have that bubble around us, of course, got to wash the hands, you know, got to get the flu shot, all that stuff. But again, that's part of our armor. That's part of being able to go out there and still live our lives and not be in constant fear. No, and you're absolutely right. I just wrote an article on, on the immune system and exercise and the gut microbiome is essential for that. Now, Francis, obviously the book Smoothies and Juices, where can people can where can people get that? It, obviously, you can probably get it online through all the book retailers, but is there any special outlet where people can access it? Well, I mean, I think for everybody, Amazon is kind of the easiest place to go. And also, um, it, it is Smoothies and Juices, but the, the rest of the title is Prevention Healing Kitchen. So this, um, I did create this in conjunction with Prevention Magazine, and uh, it's part of their series. They have a whole series on, uh, on healing kitchens. So it is a hot pink cover. Hopefully, you'll be running the cover along with the podcast. I'll send you the JPEG. <laughs> All right. I'll send it to you. Well, I also, just for listeners, I took a quick picture to throw up on the stories. And you post information on your Instagram. Do you put nutrition information up and recipes on of your Instagram? Of course I do. Of course I do, Pete. Yeah, in my on, on my feed and in the stories. So definitely check me out. I'm at Francis L. Roth, R.D. All right. And then what's your, your, is that the same as your website? Because I know you've also put a lot of information up there. That's the one thing. It's really been a lot of fun 
staying in contact over the years and just seeing how you've you've grown and, and emerged into a leading voice in nutrition. How can people get connected with you via, uh, and you, you said your Instagram, and I'll have that down below the show notes, but what's your website for people to get more information about the type of content you produce? Sure. It's FrancisLargemanRoth.com. Come by. Got a lot of recipes. <laughs> and, and hey, she, I mean, she, she practices what she preaches. I know that in the many years, uh, I shouldn't say how long we've known each other. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few. It's been, it's been one, it's been a little while since uh, back in DC, but Francis, I really, your, your email came at, at the perfect time because, you know, I've, I've been getting more into juices and smoothies myself, predominantly smoothies. And your, your book has really given me a lot of good ideas. It came only a day or two ago. So I haven't had a chance to go through and, and do any of the recipes, but I am putting my shopping list together. I need to go get some more, um, more tools in order to be able to do proper prep. But for listeners, I'm going to report back and let them know what some of my favorite smoothies are in the coming months here. So I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Pete. This was a pleasure. And let's definitely stay in touch and keep talking about nutrition and fitness. That was a lot of fun. I mean, it's a lot of fun to catch up with her. I, I don't know if you can tell. When I have conversations with people that I've worked with, it really is, you, I think you can tell my voice that I have just an utmost amount of respect. And I've known Francis for a long time. And I mean that when, when I say, I mean, you, you heard the interview and we were talking video, video, video conferencing. She really, I mean, we've known each other now. We've probably met in the early 2000s. So it's going on more than 15 years. And she really does look like, doesn't look like she's aged a day, even with three kids. And, and you heard her talk about having three kids in elementary school. So whatever she's doing nutrition wise, I think I'm going to follow Francis's suggestions. Now, real quick, if you are looking for exercise information, if you want more information about how to design the perfect workout, pick up a copy of Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. It's my book that I've been educating personal trainers for almost 20 years. I've been teaching personal trainers how to design the workouts that make you sweat. And in Smarter Workouts, I go straight to the source. One of the things my clients used to hire me for was to teach them how to work out on their own. So I wrote Smarter Workouts to teach you how to design your own exercise programs. There's my plug. And, and I'm really excited. I'm almost done with it. I got to go through revisions. I need to do the photo shoot. But my new book is almost ready. In early 2021, my book, Ageless Intensity, will be coming out. Again, under Human Kinetics, the same publisher that did Smarter Workouts. In Ageless Intensity, I teach you the science of how high-intensity exercise slows down the aging process. It's true. That is one, and here's something to think about. We are now, this is the first time that we've ever had a population of people in their 60s and 70s who've been exercising throughout their entire lifespan. Commercial fitness became popular in the 1970s and 1980s. So people now, in their later years, have been exercising for 40 or 50 years, and we're starting to learn so much about the science of how exercise can mitigate many of the effects of biological aging. That's exactly what I cover in Ageless Intensity. Now, one important component of, of managing the aging process is good nutrition. That's why I really like, in, in her book about smoothies and juices, Frances has more than 100 recipes organized into categories. She goes into muscle building. She goes into anti-inflammation. She goes into healthy heart. And really, the one I really picked up on was on the glowing skin. And also the gut health. Because here's the thing, our immune system, as she talked about, our immune system begins in our gut, in our microbiome. 
and I have a, I have a great interview scheduled that's coming up that's really that's really going to go into some significant, some really cool details about the microbiome and gut health. So it's really cool to kind of touch on this topic now with a, with a dietitian because I'm going to be talking about this uh, here coming up soon with somebody who's a PhD that researches the microbiome. So kind of giving you a little foreshadowing there of, of what I'm talking about. But really, what I like about the way she has this organized, the recipes are easy to follow. She has the recommendations in there. And I legitimately, I, I've been wondering what it is, what's up with all these milks. That's why I wanted to ask the question. Plus, there are different protein powders. And different protein powders are, uh, are you know, you can use them. Some people may not want to eat animal products, and I, and I get you on that. Some people may not like other protein powders. The point is, if you're one of these people, if you're like me, if you, you know you need to get the right nutrition, if you love exercise, you love activity, but you need to do a better job of getting the nutrition that supports your activity, optimal nutrition it does a lot more than help build muscles. It helps your heart. It helps your skin. It helps your gut. Give this book a try. As I said in the beginning, I'll be going through the recipes. I'll be sharing with you on upcoming episodes which recipes I like and which recipes I recommend to you. And if you have any ideas for guests coming up, especially on different things, different topics, I really would appreciate those ideas. I've been getting some great input uh, from listeners. I've been getting some great uh, people reaching out to me from PR people. Frances is one of these, like I said, she's an old friend. She reached out and said, hey, I have a new book out, and, and by all means, because I want to put more information out there about how to use nutrition, I had her on the show. With that, I recommend if you're in With that, go to my website, Pete McCall Fitness. That's PeteMcCallFitness.com. Go to my website, sign up for the, my mailing list. I'm going to be putting out just a little bit of information. I'm going to be doing about one or two emails a month, just latest information I have. Now that my book is in the can, I'm going to be spending more time on my own blog, be sharing tips with you, be sharing insights. And that's actually, as I, as, I, as I talk about this, as I think about it, I'll probably be sharing some of my favorite recipes from Francis's book, through my blog and, and what you can do to try to be add more nutrition or better nutrition. So go to PeteMcCallFitness.com. Again, I'm also going to be doing a workout program, online workout program, using my book, Smarter Workouts. And if you want to join me for workouts, Wednesdays and Fridays, that's Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And if you're looking for other workout solutions, other instructor-led workout solutions, check out HomeroomFit.com. That is a great resource if you want to continue sweating at home. So with that, you can follow me on Instagram, Pete McCall underscore fitness. That's Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram. And as always, thanks for stopping by, and I'll look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness. <music>